Welcome everyone, this is from Oil Delight and I'm your host, The Watchman. We'll be continuing our series, The Poetry of God, with Psalms chapter 1, verse 4. Typically, I'll just put episode 1, 2, or 3 after The Poetry of God, but I'm thinking of naming this one Icarus. And the reason I want to name it Icarus is because of the analogy that came to mind as I was reading this particular verse. And for those that don't know, Icarus is a Greek mythology. It's a story of Dialysis and Icarus, which Icarus is Dialysis' son, and it's about them escaping a prison. And how they do so is by Dialysis creating wings out of wax, and they flee the island by flying with these wax wings. And in the story, Dialysis tells Icarus not to fly too high. And of course, being a young man, Icarus doesn't listen to his father and he flies high. And as he's soaring, the sun begins to melt his wings. And as you can put together, once his wings start to melt and he's flying, he starts plummeting to the earth. For some reason, that Greek tale came to mind as I was reading this verse. And I thought it just really hit home as I was thinking about the verse and pondering on the verse. But to get into our devotional for today, Psalms chapter 1 verse 4 says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The psalmist continues to speak about the ungodly and how they move and how they operate. And he says again to us that they are ungodly and they have no law of the Lord. They cast away God's law from themselves. And we see even after they have ridiculed and cast away God's law, they appear to be prosperous. Some of them holding great wealth and some of them having great power, even great honor. And we see this and we see them after they they ridiculed and after they tried to tarnish and blemish God's law, they appear to be successful. They appear to be thriving. They appear to be as free as birds. In the times in which we endured, in the times in which we felt and we had difficulty, we see them and we sometimes have doubt. We sometimes have a wavering in our faith and we see them as these birds soaring high, flying overhead, and we get tempted to chase their shadow. But we have to remember how good God is, and we have to remember how God operates and how God works, and how He does so in time, how through patience and through our patience that we come to understand what it is that God wants from us, that He what He wills from us. Because the same thing that gives these ungodly people a sense of freedom bounds them to their flight. The detest, the ridicule of God's law, as well as the heightened sense of their own reasoning falsely ascends them. And it does so for a later collapse. See, they built themselves up with tallow and wax, with these illusions, by trying to tarnish God's law, by trying to diminish God. And they disillusion themselves and they try to cast these illusions onto others for they can disillusion themselves. Whereas they build themselves up with this wax, God through time builds us in the spirit, which is a greater substance. And our growth as Christians, although slow, requires temperance. It requires a great deal of patience and understanding. And even understanding in what is unseen and unknown. Understanding in what hasn't been fulfilled, but will be fulfilled. And after a certain amount of time, we will see those that appear to be prosperous. We'll discover that the outward prosperity that they have ultimately destroys them. So the psalmist says in the second part of the verse, the wind would drive away. I take this to mean the word of God will cause a stir, not only in Christians, but in those that are ungodly. God doesn't remove them. He is merely presenting himself to us and to them. And in his presence are all heavenly things. These individuals are ungodly and cannot tolerate the presence of heavenly things. Whereas before, 
before God had shown himself, before God had presented himself to all, they would ridicule and disregard God's law. But they cannot do that in his presence. What ultimately they attempted to tarnish and blemish has revealed itself before them and before all of us, and we are all cast in a vast light. The same wings they gave themselves to fly, to disillusion themselves, are the same ones that caused their demise. See, God reveals himself, and we are all cast in a vast light. And the wax wings they used to soar will begin to drip and melt. And this is where I got the idea for the, the Icarus analogy, where these ungodly people, they soar too high in the realms of their reasoning and abstract morals. They soar too high in their thinking and in their senses of the world and of finite things. And what ultimately they did is because they knew that God's word was immutable. So they disguised themselves. They conjured a false reality because they could not change God. And since they could not change God, and since God is unchanging, they had to change themselves. So they mailed their minds, their bodies, their activities, and their habits to fit the lustrous life they desire. And in them molding their life, in them molding their minds, they disobeyed God, they rebelled against God. And it's exactly like the Icarus story. And it's saddening because all the while, the father was warning them. See, in the Icarus story, Dialysis was warning Icarus not to fly high. He was trying to prevent this from happening. And the same thing is happening to those who wish not to follow God, to those who wish not to hear God and to not understand God. God gives them chances throughout their lives. Throughout all of our lives, God gives us chances. The same as Dialysis was warning his son not to soar too high, God warns us not to soar too high, not to become enveloped in our own thoughts and doings. However, these individuals will not heed God's warning. So when God arrives and the light is restored, they will flee because their illusions will start to dissipate. Their wax wings will begin to melt and they will begin to fall. When the psalmist says the wind would drive them away, it's not necessarily God that drives them away, but it's the ungodly that drives themselves away from the presence of God. And they do so because they wish to cling to their illusions. They wish to hold on to their wealth and their power and their honor more so than they would love and fear God. And because of this trap of them wanting to stay in their illusions, they limit themselves. They take away God's grace. And it becomes apparent to us as Christians and as believers that external activities are not all what they seem to be. And that it's more so a matter of the inward than it is the outward. Our prosperity isn't dependent on the amount of riches or wealth or respect or honor that we gather here. It's dependent on the amount of honor and respect we receive from God. It's a great thing to receive praise from another individual, but it's marvelous to receive praise from God. To hear the angels in heaven rejoice, that is marvelous, that is beautiful. And that's what we should be seeking. That's what all of us should be seeking. That's what we should want close to heart. We should keep that in our minds. We should have that fuel our spirit so that we can grow more in God, so that we can grow with God, and that our mind, and that our eyes, and that our body, and that everything is in uniform, that everything is moving as a single body towards God, and for God, and with God. And I just want everybody, as they hear this, just to ask themselves, whether it was a beginning part of their life, whether it's now, just think about a time, or think about a time that may arise in your life where you may feel disregarded. You may feel as if you're overlooked. You may feel as if you're not receiving all that you should receive, that you don't have all that you feel like you deserve. But I want all of us to keep in mind, I want all of us to know that we're not empty handed, that neither on here on earth nor in heaven will we receive nothing, that we will be bountiful, that we will be plentiful, and that we will have all the resources, all the wealth that we will ever need. And we have it here on earth. We look for it 
outside in the world, but it's in us. It's in the gifts that God has given you. It's in the mind. It's in the obedience he has given you that he has helped cultivate. It's in the fact that he has given us the quality of grace and of mercy and love that when we hear his voice, when we hear his law and his commandment, that we are not driven away and that we are more so compelled to come closer to him. Those are gifts of prosperity. And it's good that we always carry that with us, that we keep that in our minds and in our prayers and our thoughts as we move forward. So I would like to pray for everyone and just pray that, Lord, as we as we continue our day, as we branch off into our many paths and our many ways and avenues, that we always keep sight of you, that we always think of you, and that we hold your word close to heart, and that we are not driven away from you in your presence or in your word or in your laws, but that we are driven towards you, that we wish to sprint or walk or jog towards you, whatever pace you have given us, Lord, that we fulfill it, that we act it out fully, and that we are not scared, and that we are not deterred, and that even though there may come times of wavering or there may come times of confusion, that we know that you are there to support us, and that we know that you are there to encourage us and empower us if we call upon you. Dear Lord, I hope we remember that you are graceful, that you are merciful, and that you wish for no one to be driven away from you, and that you wish to encompass everyone and to bring everyone into your heart, into your kingdom, and that it was never intended for any of us to be as chafe in the wind. Thank you.